0: Hello everybody, welcome to Green Night, where we discuss the solution. This is an introduction to the most recent interviews that I've done. And uh, those of you who have followed me, uh, thank you and uh, spread the word. Uh, go to the YouTube channel, right? It's, uh, I'm giving you the way to hear the silence on the YouTube channel with the Stand Together Lives. But the, uh, the objective, right? To say that there is an objective is to hamstring your objective. And so the um, intent of this podcast is uh, to uh, catalyze a positive outcome for our civilization. And knowing that uh, the collective is made up of individuals, uh, we, I, recognize that um, there is no collective organization possible that won't become corrupted with our current pattern um, unless we make an individual psychological transformation, each of us. And that transformation is to become or to be non-conceptual. And another word for non-conceptual is non-dual. And another word for duality is polarity. But you can see, right, when (laughs) the result is to be non-conceptual. And the only way we have to discuss that is with concepts. And so we arrive at the crux of the issue right there. It is all right there. And it makes it so that a sudden realization, right, on your part or my part or anyone's part is the um, origin of the new collective pattern <laughs> there's no process to be done to get there right it is a flipping of the switch and uh so <clears throat> Seems simple to reach out and flip a switch, right? but each of us have to reach inside and flip that switch. And so this is what I discuss. And when you're discussing the non-conceptual using concepts, we arrive at the core of the issue. And so I um, urge you to listen to um, not just the whole podcast from the beginning and every YouTube video and learning how to do the Qigong, Um, I urge you to do all of that and it can all be done while you're working out. Um, It takes a, um, a kind of, you have to suspend your, um, (laughs) disbelief. I mean, the suspension of disbelief is, is a way to fucking say it because while you're watching a movie, you have to allow yourself to enjoy it. Right. And no one likes the guy who's always pointing out the fucking, how that would be impossible. (laughs) I am trying to enjoy this fucking movie. Shut the fuck up. Um. So you have to suspend um, these uh, preconceived notions, <laughs> right, and it'll allow your triggers to, um, you know, to trigger and, and then settle, um, permit your mind, right, to actually uh, process this.
1: tonight.
0: Hey, you're welcome. Man. Thanks for the invite.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. Uh <laughs> you know, so um since this is your first time on, uh you know, why don't you tell uh, everybody a little bit about yourself and uh what kind of um was your burning bush moment that kind of spurred you to uh traverse on the path that you're on today?
0: Yeah, I'm one of the ones who was like born this way, you <laughs> know. I get it. I get it always on the periphery you know this whole time since i was a kid right always knew there was something weird going on right maybe something fucked up right yeah
1: yeah
0: (laughs) and so yeah um but as far as like in the current environment like i was in school in pasadena in uh 99 through 03 and i lived in la you know after that for a while and I was going to Art Center uh, College of Design for Industrial Design. And so the designing process and really intensive coursework at that school, 100 hours a week, just made me delve into like this problem of uh, manufacturing. Right. And so I come at it. That's where I began. I was like, how can we fix this? Because I really think it's the, that is one of the major places where we need to adjust, you know. If there is anything to do, it was that. And I thought that really hard back, you know, around 03. And so I started to work on this idea about like how we could fix it, you know? And so that that's basically it. Coming from a perspective of uh, that people exchange value with each other in order to survive. And mostly that exchange is around our uh, our capability for industry. You know mm-hmm. our our means of production you know the stuff we make is what we trade with each other you know mm-hmm. and so it's like it really is the the core of um, our interaction our relationship with each other and so that's where i kind of began and then you know later <clears throat> uh, being a product designer always wanting to design something that is going to make an impact you know and that's the difficult part part about being a designer right is <laughs> that you always want Some big idea, you know, to come from yourself, you know, and, you know, really working on that aspect about um, how it is I want to be of service, you know, and not just making something uh, that everyone loves, but actually transforming the whole thing, you know. And so I had all this information, uh, you know, just building up, building up. And so I decided to start a podcast about three years ago. And it's a kind of a book on tape, you know. It's only 26 episodes at the moment, but, uh, uh, it's real intense, real intense. And it's about, I began it as like, there's a solution, right? There's a way we can fix this, you know? And, uh, as I explore, you can watch me go through the whole thing and I I amend and I edit and I update, you know, um, my whole thing, but it's still, um, I told you I was uh, radically optimistic, right? And so I still... Feel that in my bones, you know, you and me both, man, you and me, <laughs> so yeah, that's basically it. I mean, there's more I majored in physics first, actually, so I could talk about that. It's more like a spiritual reason for getting into physics, you know I could totally, um,
1: I could totally understand that.
0: But also like, you know, synchronicities and stuff. I was always in on this. My parents were hippies growing up in New Mexico, you know, so I had this already, this vernacular inside. And so I was, I was in astronomy, fucking like class, and we were looking at some images of some shit out in space. And I was like, man, I'm switching my major from paleoanthropology to physics tomorrow because I just saw something that reminded me of my ninth grade science project. You know? <laughs>
1: That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but uh, real th- real quick, um, so you know, one thing that you you touched on, one thing I want to talk about is, uh, um, you talked about how uh, manufacturing and trade, you know, and uh, you know, one thing that I, I I really like about that is you're absolutely correct because human to human relationships, whether whether a family oriented, whether acquaintance or business, even on a, from a business perspective, are very important. And that relation, human relationships alone are very important, especially when we uh, talk about commerce or trade, Uh, when um you know providing goods and things that we need, um you know not just at a corporate level but also on a fulfilling level. uh, Where you're coming from, so the really what I want to ask you is because you're definitely speaking my language here, um do you feel we honestly live in a world of abundance and it's only marketed to us as being a world of scarcity? For um, whatever particular or ulterior motives.
0: Yeah, absolutely, for sure, and that's one of the main things I talk about is is that we've been in this pattern, you know, as a civilization for nine thousand plus, you know, years. We could probably push it back, you know, another thousand, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: I, I called it. The, I called it the eight thousand year line, but yeah, you're about, you're about right. You're about
0: right. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so what was the question again? Okay. Oh, sorry,
1: you're good. Um, so so do you feel that that we truly live in a world of abundance? Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, that it's only marketed as a world of scarcity, uh, to help kind of manipulate and perpetuate a certain narrative.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, I even say, right? One of the main things I talked about talk about in the thing is polarity, and I noticed you mentioned a non dualistic. Uh, mode of operation or non dual. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so it's, it's all about, uh, uh polarity, you know, and, uh, as far as, uh, whether or not we're in an abundance in, a, in an abundant universe, it's absolutely true because when you think about it, people living, this is just an example, uh, people living are adding to the pool of value constant, right. And it does not diminish. It only increases. Right. So it's not a diminishing supply at all. As the more we live, the more value we create, the bigger the pool of value there is for everyone. You know what I mean? And so you can't put a limit on that supply. You can't raise the price. You know, you know, scarcity model is fucking uh, um, supply and demand. Right. Supply and demand is scarcity model. Right. And so you can't raise the price on an unlimited supply. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs>
1: It's amazing how it's amazing how it's the I guess you could say the, the this uh, narrative, you know especially when it even comes to how us humans operate with each other um, even on a collective level on a business scale model or anything like that. So um, in one of your episodes, I heard you talking about a particular kind of infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, do you mind touching base on that for a little bit? I thought it was a really interesting concept
0: yeah um so i have this notion that uh um yeah as you were saying that it's kind of a trick that they pull on us right it's not that there's unlimited supply on this earth right it's not that there's that right there definitely is a management aspect to the physical problem you know what i mean um but as as far as like that's basically what i'm suggesting is an infrastructure that solves that problem the physical problem right and the way we do it now is uh we uh it's profit from waste you know what i mean mm-hmm. right it's because every season a new product comes out and there's a willy-nilly system to reclaim the, the old ones right but it's not guaranteed and mostly computers it's the biggest example all of the rare earth metals all of that stuff just gets shipped to the third world, and we have little kids in fields burning wires you know to get the materials right so I mean <clears throat> um the infrastructure right would be designed um as a with a foundation in place that is minimize right waste maximize quality <laughs> <I love laughs> you know that. I love that I love that actually and so understanding that we exchange in order to live human beings right is that we're buffered from uh nature right because we live in society in this substrate of society right and so we exchange in order to live you know and we forget that i think we forget that and we take all of this uh stuff that we can get at the store for granted you know and we also forget uh you know uh Hancock says we're a species with amnesia, but you know, but we also forget that we're creators. Every single one of us is built to create and all we are doing for the most part is consume, right? I agree, I agree. <laughs> you know? And so it's really this, uh, you know, the focus group and the market uh, our research and the feedback from the customers that changes products. But first of all, they output a shitty product, right? That everyone is like, uh, gonna easily point out what's wrong with it, you know? It's like, make that product good first, right? Right. Don't be trying to cut costs on quality, right? <laughs> and create a crappy product. But all you have to do is sell a third of the inventory to make a massive profit. And then you got the rest of that shit at big lots, you know, for like five years. You
1: know, it's true though.
0: It's true.
1: <laughs> and you know, one thing, one thing, I, uh, you know, now that you're on that topic, I want to pick your brain about, because you talk about, you talk about, you know. Less waste is what will actually maximize a better infrastructure, and and I, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that. And the one thing, um, even a better product. Uh, so um, one of my episodes I talked about how uh, you know, uh, human psych, basic human psychology can prove a lot of you know conspiracy is true, at least a lot of them. And, um, I got into, you know, you've made up a good case of, for example, you know, they, they make a shitty product where they have to, you know, look at, um, the, the principles that a lot of human beings have implemented. You know, we have the light bulb cartels, um, they made light bulbs that were going to last, um, a very, very long time, longer, uh, even, um, as long as some of the newer LEDs. And then they were like, well, no, we can't make them that good. We have to make them shittier. Or else, you know, we want to sell more light bulbs. And, you know, yeah. the same thing. I, yeah. I believe there was a tire company back in the uh, 30s and 40s who was doing the same thing. They had tires that would never go flat. <laughs> and then uh, they realized, like, oh, wait, <laughs> we're never going to sell any more tires if they never go flat. So, yeah. um, you know, in, in, in I guess some aspects of, you know, uh, sustainability, I can understand it to a degree. But I think it's taken a whole new form now. And it's it's moved uh, it's moved into more of a... A form of, uh, you know, um, greed, uh, corruptive state, as opposed to just trying to have return revenue. So, um, real quick, uh, you know, uh, even even looking at this, how do you feel, okay, about maybe maybe a model of, you know, the exchange being for the greater good. As opposed of humanity, um, you know, as contributing to the community or, you know, contributing to humanity, as opposed to the current exchange that we have going on right
0: now. Well, it all contributes, right? But there is this massive uh, um, curtailing or, uh, I mean, you can say the word governor, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Just like on when you rent a rider truck to move across country, you can't fucking floor that gas pedal. Right, it's got a governor on it. <laughs> Definitely,
1: <laughs> I that's good. That's good. I like, that. I like
0: that. So it's like it's it's curtailing our potential, you know. Basically, the way we do it now, because we exchange. This is our nature, right? This is what I would argue is our most, uh, our primary nature, is to exchange. Because we all have these gifts. Everything you're good at ends up being a value to others. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah anyway so the exchange uh that we have is corrupted right but it is in our nature to relate with each other and exchange energy and and information you know so i mentioned 9000 years you're talking 8000 years previous to that right we know on these those of us who know right and it's not a belief right there's tons of evidence that there was an advanced civilization that existed during the last ice age you oh, know Right. And so we had it together before, you know, something about us. We knew uh, we had a better understanding, you know, of what we are and what reality is, you know. And and so that exchange was built in those times, this sacred exchange, which is how we live, you know. And it, it's like a body. Humanity is a body, you know, and we're all the cells of the body. <laughs> I, really right? like
1: that. I like that description. That's, <laughs> a really, that's a good way to put it.
0: And so we, in order to, you know, make it through this transition, you know, the, of where we're at right now, which is obviously to me, it's a transition, but we can see if we look in the past, we have people in every generation saying, holy fuck,
1: <laughs> you know, the world's going to end. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, you know, and Alan Watts, I'm thinking of specifically 1971, you know, 69. Um, And, you know, Bucky Fuller, his whole mission, he's starting in 1914, you know. These guys, uh, uh, Marshall McLuhan, right. Could see the writing on the wall. These, these are the guys that I study. Like this mm-hmm. is what, oh, you're going to say my burning Bush moment is really when I was in the art center, I, uh, was teamed up, we did multiple disciplines. So we had advertisers, we had, uh, illustrators and we had product designers all come together as a team and the advertisers brought over this book by Marshall McLuhan called the medium is the message and i was like i was like holy fuck when i read that book and it was just it was graphic with minimal words and so he was telling the story graphically he teamed up with a graphic designer and it was so poignant and yeah i was like oh my god someone's finally speaking my language you know and so it was really a turning point right then actually
1: yeah i i I really love that you know And, and one thing that i i really I really enjoy is listening to everybody's subjective burning bush moment, kind of one I'm a little bit like you i have kind of been this way most of my life. I just didn't know what to call it um, until I was like 20 years old. And uh, you know, since you uh, spoke about one of my favorite topics, ancient civilizations, (laughs) I, 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 uh, you know, I've I've done a couple of videos on them before um, and, and it's just a, it's a never ending fountain of remembrance and rediscovery to me. And I think that a lot, of um that is is embedded within us still it just needs to be reactivated and and you, you did bring up in um, the similar uh clip that i was watching about how we all are creators and we have access to creation and um it, and i think what has happened is you've had organized religions and you've had um, sensationalists and a lot of things happen uh throughout the years that have made people i guess you could say seem unworthy of the divine or make themselves feel like they're unworthy of the divine um that you have to go through a median or a medium of some kind in order to receive divine information i mean what do you think about that what are your thoughts
0: um yeah i mean that's really interesting because uh, what it is that we're doing like as that whole that question know thyself on the top of the oracle at delphi Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right it's a trick question (laughs) yes it is it is
1: 100 (laughs) i agree with you on that that that, that's part of that symbolism
0: um yeah and and so the the thing is about that really is that when you really find out or who you are you realize that um that your identity that everything that you thought you were, you know, previous to an awakening of this nature, um, is not you. <laughs> exactly. You know, is not you. And and in fact you're uh everything, right? And so we hear all of the sages, all of the avatars throughout history saying the same shit, you know, Buddhism, Taoism, Zen Buddhism, all saying the same thing, you know, which is that um we insist on dividing ourselves. You know, we insist on dividing ourselves out from the whole, right? And you can't, you can't, because you cannot, it's a polar relationship. They come into being uh, mutually, right? So the whole and the individual are a polar relationship. And so they cannot, they define each other. And so when someone's looking for identity, it's basically what defines you is how you relate to the rest of the group. There's no identity in a vacuum, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely right no no and, and so to to have this feeling of unworthiness you know is a division right it is a hard division right up front that you're not part of everything you know and so divine uh inspiration comes through you and everyone because you everyone is the whole <laughs> you know and so we we have heard this in the, you know, it's like I've heard. I used to listen to Alan once, like 18 years ago, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah." And I listened to him again, and I'm just like, "Oh, here it's so much better now. I understand so much more." You know, uh, and he's describing a paradox, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what we can't fucking handle: is to um, uh, exist in a superposition, right, in two states at once, individual, group, you know, whatever you want to call it. And, and so everyone is the whole. Right, this is the nature of what the structure is. Right, it's holofractal. Right, it exhibits all of the qualities of a fractal structure. Right, self-repeating pattern in which you, no matter how you divide it, it's still the whole. Exactly. You know what I mean? The whole hologram. You flip a hologram, and it's the whole hologram. Two of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So self similar,
1: self similar at all scales. And like I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge. That is very very much in my train of thought, um, that we do live in a in a fractal universe, almost like a holographic universe, and everything is self-similar from the largest scale to the smallest, like that. And um, so you know, I and, and I agree with you, it is a division tactic. And I think really a couple of things come into play, and I'll pick your brain about it here, is that I feel in some ways that it could be this as well, that the powers that be okay, ultimately understood at that time because the machine is not going to run the way they want it to if we have a whole bunch of enlightened humans walking around. You know what I mean? And it's um, I think maybe at a time it was possible that uh, they decided to create organized religions and create a hierarchical concept to spiritual philosophy which would essentially disseminate the common person from being... Um, able to understand that they are the divide embodied they are the whole in a piece all in one yeah each. and yeah. um you know therefore kind of in some ways strip us of that knowledge or that remembrance and I also feel it is what you said too is that you know even with the conditioning you know um it, the conditioning that's placed upon us it, it makes you feel like you're extra unspecial right and I mean I mean I'm not saying that anybody's more special than yeah anybody. you know what i'm saying but like you know they they think oh you live on this tiny little blue rock floating through this abyss your life is just by chance and meaningless and, and all of that and um you know i think really what it does is that the the current human society um has a lot of what i would call subconscious shame due to the conditioning that has been placed upon us and for them to think that they are a subjective focal point of God or the universal consciousness—that that they are it themselves—it kind of it kind of, um, it kind of uh, destroys and goes beyond human rational thought. So, I mean, what is a way you think that we can start getting back to this remembrance in a way we can possibly uh, talk about this and share this with others while getting them on board? You know, as opposed to uh, turning them away.
0: Yeah. And I heard you talking about your meditation uh, journey, and and that's it. That's it right there. You know, that's how, right? That's it right there. And because when you're meditating, what happens? Your psychological sense of self dissolves. (laughs) Right? And so, and that is a non-dual position, right? Because when you identify with self, that is a dual position because you're separating yourself from the whole two things, right? (laughs) But it's impossible to separate from the (laughs) whole.
1: You can't. No, you can't. And and I think that that's a really, um, you know, uh, firm, fundamental basis of a lot of spiritual principles and spiritual philosophies that, you know, you are. You know part of the macrocosm you're a you're a piece of this uh, universal spirit this consciousness you are essentially it and yeah. um, you know speaking of meditation um you know i actually because you know i'm a fellow qigong practitioner how long have you yourself been pra- how long have you yourself been practicing
0: uh let's see i came back in 005 from cali so since then yeah. awesome yeah. Awesome.
1: Awesome. So do you feel that um, it's possible, you know, because I know I've listened to some of your other stuff and you brought this up, up a couple other times. Do you feel that uh, internal alchemy, like learning to cultivate, I guess, that um, divine nature of yourself, do you think that that if this became a widespread practice, do you feel that maybe that this could uh, could um or widespread knowledge that this could maybe possibly help alter our path. We take as humans in the the future. What do you feel about that?
0: Yes, I think absolutely. Because um, the pattern that we exhibit as a collective is an aggregate pattern of all of our behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. And and so it creates a pattern through history, you know, and we know history is clouded and obscured and myopic, but we can definitely see that there's a repeating pattern, you know? Oh, yes. And, and, and so it, um, the, what meditation does, right, is why is it that there's a repeating pattern? What is it that's common to all of us, you know, that no matter what culture, no matter where you are on the earth, for the most part, excluding some really aboriginal, isolated uh, uh, tribes or whatever, um, there's the same belief that um, that um, is initiated an assumption maybe initiated at the point of interaction with another, you know, with other. Right. And there's a, I think, right. You could call this the initial conditions, right. Mm -hmm. Of the pattern of, of civilization. Right. And so each of us has the origin inside of us because it's all in our mind. Right. It's all in our mind. So whatever people believe, um, in the majority becomes operationally true inside society, right? Despite the fact that it may not be true (laughs) or there's some fault. There's, it's not the whole picture, basically, you know, maybe not false, but not the whole picture. Right. I would agree. And, and so it's like this, what uh, Qigong does, right. It's a physical meditation right? So so intending, setting out to meditate is you will hamstring yourself. You will not be able to meditate. It has to occur spontaneously. It's a a causal intent. You do not cause it to happen. You have the intent for it to, but you do not cause it to, right? And so that will defeats you, right? Because that's a division from the whole, the will, right? Is an identification of self. I must meditate. (laughs) You know what I mean? I must do this and then this will happen. But what meditation is, is a mutual arising, right? It happens without fucking trying. And that's the only way that it can happen, you know? And so what Qigong does is it gets you inside your body, you know? And so standing is the main thing for Qigong. There's all this Tai Chi stuff that people want to see flowing movements and beautiful shit, but standing in the horse stance mm-hmm. is Qigong. That is the foundation of Qigong, right? And so if you do that, you you get into a relationship with your body. You know, and you can make your body into a bridge to the divine. Right.
1: 100%. 100%, (laughs) I love it. Dude, you know, the way that you just described meditation, in fact, I absolutely love it because... I think that that is a, a prime part that is left out of a lot of mainstream spiritual circles. A lot of times they just tell you to quiet your mind or quiet the mind. Yeah. You know, like, and Stop I've, thinking. Yeah, it's not I'm thinking. I've had to come and be like, no, 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 no. I said, look, look, you have to watch your thoughts with pass without attachment. Yeah. is what is basically what it was it's not that of course you know you're going to have thoughts you just want you just have no attachment with them and then um you know the way that you just put it though it it being a spontaneous arising i mean essentially you're absolutely correct it almost is like you do not cause the meditation it is a, yeah you have that intent to sit down and enter that state but it is almost a spontaneous arising
0: yeah and so that is like the whole Crux of everything is in that right itself is that one cannot set out as an individual to meditate because the objection, the objective of meditation, if there is one, is to um uh, recognize that where your skin ends, you do not. <laughs> yes. You know, right? I mean, that's the only way, really, to put it. You know, I mean, there's other ways you could say it. Yeah. But, and when you're doing the qigong, is um there's something about uh, the body knows right and so you let go right it's so this is the paradox is like we're not our bodies right we are are the spirit that resides or that is uh that animates the body, right you know yeah, I agree, but I agree. but the body fucking is a teacher oh yes you know and yeah. so when you're standing and you're trying to keep your spine aligned and your hips and, and everything together and you're and you're doing all of that stuff because it's actually really complex when it comes down to it. it's so simple. But when all of the things come together, you can find your mind just like addressing all of these things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You'll find that when you let go, stop trying to fucking do it. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know. And you'll be struggling. It's like this battle in your fucking mind. And this is the struggle that one must overcome: is to be non-dual, is to stop fighting with yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I've, ex-
1: no. I've experienced that myself. You know, Um it is. It, it's a very, it's a very simple practice. Um, but the body does know it is a teacher it knows when it's a it, it, it there's a lot of i guess you would say external stimuli that takes place you know and, you know being you know i'm sure you feel this way too that everything is consciousness um you know even <laughs> though, even though you're not your body your body in, in an aspect of itself is conscious and receptive to yeah to to what starts to happen and um I've d- i tell you man there's been times where like you know exactly how you said i'll come home i might not be alright i've had a rough day and i'm trying to do qigong and it never turns out the way that it needs to as opposed to if I just flow into it and allow it to uh, spontaneously arise. So like yeah I I I think I think you actually really gave some good advice um, because I know there's a lot of people out there who kind of still struggle with certain meditative practices and getting out the meditate today um, you know so um one thing one thing I definitely want to uh, pick your brain about um, is have you ever theorized yourself all right now I've had my own subjective experiences that have led me to my own conclusions and I'm just kind of curious about yours. What that lost nature is about the human being? what exactly are we trying to remember and rediscover about ourselves? And I feel personally, at least in my train of thought, that I don't think that we I think essentially we come from higher realms, the human being, or you know we we came from other places, but I'm just curious at like what your experience has summed up for you on that.
0: well, um. It's so funny, the, the journey, you know, because uh, this Krishnamurti says it's uh, there's nothing to be done. It's a flip of the switch, you know, and you don't have to go on this lifelong journey to fucking w- wake up, you know,
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree. It, it is. It's almost it's almost like uh, it's like it's almost like you're 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 seeing reality how in the way reality actually is as opposed to the way you've been conditioned to.
0: Yeah. And the whole thing is, is to see without any lenses, right? Mm-hmm. And, and thoughts are your lenses, your conditioning, your experience, all of that shit is your lens for how you see the world. And so that will create a distorted perception, you know, I would agree of, of what is, you know, and, and so we tend to, um, be hyper fixated on the model we, we have built of what we think reality is, right? Mm-hmm. It's a map. It's a map, right? But the map is not the territory.
1: that's 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 a good way to put it. It really is.
0: Yeah. And the word is not the thing. And so when we see something beautiful, it's like uh, the word will come up in our mind, you know, of whatever it is. You know? And to really see it, you have to see it without any, Um, catalog, cataloging, categorization, or measurement, you know, to to, to, to see it, it, to see it without, um, a, uh, hanging on to your psychological sense of self, basically.
1: (laughs) I would agree. That's a a very good way to put it. And, um, you know, I, I definitely kind of touch a base on what we talked about in, in the beginning It's the labels. It's that identifying, um, with self that ultimately draws the ultimate separation from the divine. And I think really where I mean, I think David Icke actually put it really well. Um, You know, he's like, you're born, they tell you that this is your name, this is your gender, this is your race, this is your class, this is all this. Mm -hmm. And then you know, you have have people um, in this society and in this world today who grow up living by these labels, and I know that one one um objective that we try to do when we're doing our inner work and we're trying to you know help ourselves expand in consciousness and then reach new levels of awareness is to rid ourselves of these attachments and rid ourselves of these labels. Uh, what were, what are some 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 good tips that you could give people to find ways to let go of these because I know there's a lot of people who still subconsciously struggle with these to a degree.
0: Well, the first one is like to have a quantum viewpoint, which is a to allow things to um, remain in superposition instead of instead of making a measurement and collapsing the wave function. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: So it's like an uncertainty principle. I like that. I like that.
0: Yeah. You permit the uncertainty. You permit the superposition without trying to lock it down. You know, and so this is a quantum kind of way of. of uh, of seeing things. And I don't know if you've heard about this sovereignty movement, but they talk about quantum language when you're in court. You mm-hmm. know? And I just found out about it and I don't know shit, right? But uh, to me I was like, oh quantum language. That means that you're basically saying shit without saying it <laughs> you know? It's 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 it's, uh,
1: it's higher dimensional uh double speak, I guess. Yeah. I don't know that's a we call it higher dimensional double speak, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: but that that's a good but, way to uh, put it. Yeah.
0: But uh, you know, again, it's like getting back to the Qigong, um, there's, when you're breathing in Qigong, it's a yogic breath. You can you can relate it to yoga. It's like Chinese yoga, basically. But uh, it's a yogic breath. And so on, in Qigong, you don't settle on the out breath, meaning you don't let your body settle. right? This is the secret, is you actually extend. You got a causal uh, intent to extend your spine upward on the out breath right? You breathe out silently. So it's a silent out breath. You're breathing out so slow that it's not making any noise, you know, and you can access that silence from that position. And when you, when you hear the sound of nothing, you are connected. And it's like, it's almost kundalini. Like to me, that's what it is, is that you make this connection to source, you know, and you are source is the thing. That's what basically it's doing, you know,
1: and I got a I got a taste of that yesterday. Not from Qigong, but um it's definitely yes, it's it's uh definitely a a hard concept for a lot of people to grasp. One sec. Yeah, go right ahead, man.
0: Keep talking, keep talking.
1: Yeah, it's a hard it's a hard concept uh for a lot of people to grasp that they are they are God. They are a subjective focal point of God. And I it it's it's something that is a huge part of my philosophy, and it's not even you know, coming from, I guess you could say, a lot of, I guess you could say conservative Christians um, refer to this statement as what I'm saying as a uh, satanic thing or a thing against God. But um, meanwhile, we can see through multiple um Of the spiritualities the philosophies and the religions that this is indeed the case that they have they have pointed to this you know this very thing multiple times and um do you feel that eventually um as as humans spiritually progress that there are going to be more and more people who come to find this out and maybe at that point we'll have some kind of hundredth monkey effect where more people might start to be a
0: little bit more accepting of this notion um say what the notion is again so oh, that
1: that we are god that we are god oh yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. i mean it's a you know it's semantics right uh-huh. it's like that that word is triggering for uh, is. almost everyone everyone and that's everyone hanging on to their condition you know uh-huh. but uh i went on a podcast and, and they were like are we living in a simulation and i was like uh it's not that relevant, but it's it's definitely virtual, but it's spiritual, you know, right? And the programmer is the program. And we are the program and the programmer, you know? <laughs> so it's not, we're not inserted into this game. <laughs> we are the game, it's, we are the game. It's
1: the, uh, <laughs> I've called it an organic simulation.
0: Everything yeah, I love, it's analog. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an analog. <laughs> <laughs> taking
1: me back to the early '80s, and I'm starting to think wrong of being an <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, holy crap! I have to walk over you. I can't walk around you because <laughs> because yeah. of it. But, but um, I'm, I'm I'm with you too, man. And and I agree. I think a lot of people get caught up in the semantics, and they get caught up in the uh, what I would call the rigidity of a lot of i guess you could say even people on our side of the field have um what i would call dogmatic thought and uh you know a good case in point like you said do we live in a simulation and you said you know it's not exactly you know relevant um you know the same could kind of be said about the argument for is the earth flat around yeah um, i've never i've never what happens when you find out it's flat what do you do then I...
0: <laughs> I, know, right? I know but it's like we I've will never... go to antarctica
1: dude i want to you know you no, know, i want to go i want to go i want to plan an expedition and my goal is to get a parka and a tent that is completely white out so i can somehow hide from the global military trying to make my <laughs> <laughs> at least at least attempt at least attempt but uh you know but like I was saying I've never did that you you're right the semantics uh shouldn't exactly take hold and I'm a big believer that the simplicity is really where to find the good stuff when we're talking about this. And mm. like I said I've never I've never seen a a topic such as if the earth is flat around drive a wedge between people on our side of the field. Yeah like, literally that's the one mm. thing you can't talk about or else everything goes up in arms.
0: Yeah and that's I you know it's like oh dividing the truthers you know great no we're divided and so we can't even like (laughs) i don't know man it's it's crazy but uh as far as like what what is our purpose right it's like what is humanity's purpose what is it like is it humanity is this whole thing playing a game with itself and that's basically it it seems like you know and so when you're asking about like how you uh, tips for being non-dual You know, tips for being non-dual. Understanding polarity. (laughs) That's a good one. Right?
1: That's a fundamental, I would say.
0: Because things that are opposite are, um, um, you know, things, the dance of opposites that nature is, right, is uh, that opposites can't exist without, you look for um, polarity. If you want to identify polarity in the environment, you look for things that cannot be defined without its opposite. You know, light and dark, up and down, you know, inside, outside, right? Object, subject, field. I mean, uh, object, uh, field, you know, around negative space, positive space, right? You can, all of those things, right, are unity in disguise. They're not different. They're the same. They're the same fucking thing, right? And so you recognize, right, in order to be non-dual, you, um, have to be in a monopolar position, right? <laughs>
1: that's, that's that's a really good way to put it. I have to.
0: And so, a lot of people say that love is the background, right? The uh void, the the uh substrate of the universe, right? Because it's non dual. There's no opposite to love.
1: There's no opposite. No
0: love. Does that does that make sense? Because a lot of people say love hate, but you don't need hate to define what love is.
1: No, you don't.
0: Yeah. No.
1: Yes, it does. It make, does. It makes sense. And it's like, so one thing that I've noticed, um, so, so kind of how I go about it is that I go through a, uh, I go through, uh, what I call higher frequency, lower frequency counterparts. I mean, essentially, um, to me, love is not just an emotion. It's a, it's a power. It's a force, um, that, uh, it is creation, uh, creation stems from that force. Yes. Um, And, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, because what we have is um, technically a neutral frequency that's just in service to creation. When We drop down to, I guess you'd say this, like a higher frequency, lower frequency counterparts. And I think where a lot of people get that from is that essentially uh, fear, which is a lower frequency counterpart of love, and that's why um, fear is fear is a powerful manifestor, just as much as love is. Lo- love can manifest very powerfully, but uh, but fear fear can do it too, and, and, and in some weird and ugly ways. And um and uh, I think that's um and, and essentially I agree with you. Everything is love. Everything stems from love. Yeah. And I think that's that's where a lot of people get that notion is they're like you know like you know fear this this. So I mean, what do you what do you think about that?
0: Well. Again, you can't, um, those are not, that's not a polar relationship, but that's what you're suggesting, fear and love.
1: Well, so, 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 no, 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 I, um I, I, I'm, I, I know I, this is just where I'm talking about a lot of people have this mindset.
0: This is where they get
1: that mindset.
0: Mm, yeah. Well, fear is a divider, right? Because fear is about like, I must survive. That's what the, it comes down to at the lowest level. Right. And so it's like us against them. It's me or you, you know? And so fear is a divider. Right. And so divided consciousness is the pattern that we have, (laughs) right? It's a fear pattern, right? It's, I often say, um, how to get at this, you know, that, that won't freak fucking people out. Right. Um, so polarity right the universe is a dance of polarities it, it it operates right it is like it gets out of balance and then it rebalances itself continually over time you know what i mean and it's a dance of polarities and these are natural polarities right that allow the universe to unfold in right the um, portion of the totality that where time actually is um observable right right which is this three four dimension right of the totality because it's multiple dimensions right and so it's like in this um physical portion in this physical portion of reality um i, thought, I lost my train of thought Where were you supposed it's, to do, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's okay um so <laughs> we, we were we were dissecting um we were dissecting uh you know uh why why fear is um division mentality. Yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh so like this is where the fun portion of the totality is, right? Because it counts. Right. You can actually um uh take steps, move a distance, right? Where time actually is a thing, right? You can actually feel this, right? It's corporeal. And uh um fear as a divider right um is it it's divided consciousness because you're there's fear of the other right and so if you have fear of the other then that's an immediate uh, declaration that you're separate, right and so this ejection right big jump here ejection from the garden of the eden right is out of a natural polar uh rhythm right and the rhythm of nature and into an artificial rhythm right which is the rhythm of good and evil right the, this the eating from the tree uh eating from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil it's not the tree of knowledge there are two trees in the fucking myth or the fable or whatever you want to call it two trees tree knowledge and the tree of knowledge of good and evil that's the fruit that she ate from right and it's knowledge that good is defined by evil and so they are one they're the same thing one <laughs> and this is the other yeah yeah, it's an artificial rhythm. It, it exists in our minds. We made it up, and that's why it exists, right? We do create reality, <laughs> right? And so now we're operating on this rhythm, right? This rhythm of good and evil, which is a dividing fucking uh, rhythm, and it perpetuates the division. But when we operate on this pattern, it repeats a pattern. It repeats a, um, you know, it's a cyclic pattern. We keep waking up on Groundhog Day in the morning and not remembering what the fuck. You know, and so what is it that Murray learns in that in that movie? Is this stop being a selfish bastard? <laughs> That's you know, stop operating from a divided position. <laughs> and then right, you break the cycle. You break the cycle. And now a new pattern emerges. A pattern that it, um the relationship, the aggregate pattern that people do when they interact with each other is from a non uh, from a monopolar position, from right? A position that is not divided, which recognizes that we are all part of the whole. <laughs> so, right? And so general semantics is this trick. That that's the guy, this Polish, uh, I forget his name, Polish philosopher who came up with general semantics. And his, he coined the phrase, the map is not the territory. He's like, this is the trick. All you got to do is never make a declaration. Say, that's, well, it appears that way at the moment don't say is you just don't say is you never say that's how it is <laughs> and so and then that's that zen parable too you know the farmer with the sun right wild horses come running out from the forest and they capture them and the, and the neighbors are all oh sweet that's awesome you got fucking horses and the old guy's like oh, perhaps right next day they're breaking the horses and his son fucking breaks his leg <laughs> the neighbor, neighbors come over and they're like oh, man that's bad luck bro Old dude's like, perhaps next day, the press gang from the emperor's army comes to uh, draft every able-bodied male in the village. He's got a broken leg. But he can't get drafted. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a series
1: of unfortunate events.
0: <laughs> but it's like, you don't declare what it is, right? Because everything is in flux, constantly in rhythm, you know? And so I would suggest is that in order for us to make this thing, there's nothing we can do um, to address the pattern inside the pattern because it just repeats the pattern, right? More divided consciousness. Um, And so it creates, you know, the individual has to make this psychological transformation that permits them to operate in a way with others that is uh, non-polar, that is non-divided, that recognizes that we are all the same thing. And I think that if we can do that, we can allow everyone to access. this is the infrastructure idea to act. We create a mandala style. We use technology, right? We don't abandon technology. This is our nature. We exchange the items that we make in order to live. So to suggest that technology is a trap, well, so are words. Words are also a trap, right? But we, we, uh, the only way out of the forest is through, you know? <laughs> you know
1: what I, mean? I agree. I agree. And you know that you brought up, um, we're gonna this will be our kind of last topic before we close out, but you brought up uh, something very interesting, man. And um this is something that I talk about a lot and I'm a huge believer in. You use the term never say it is, or to use the word is. Now, I study a lot of etymology. Okay, and um, you know, I look at the basis of words and the basis of different phrases, and um, how what you just basically said is that everything's in flux, which I agree, you know, and um, by literally saying something is, you're manifesting that into
0: creation. Do you feel that this? Well, I would, yeah. I mean, you're manifesting one side of the pole, yeah, one side of the pole, and also the other side. Yes, at, at the, the same, same ex-
1: at the same time. <laughs> well, do you f- do you feel that um, that this was a particular frame that that either this framework of reality, you know, this spelling or this use of words, do you feel that this could have been a concept here all the time, or was this possibly implemented later on that um, almost as a way of keeping ourselves divided and trapped? in an essence is that we don't understand this basics this basic or this this basis or this framework that um kind of has to do with um existing and having a way
0: of being in this in this reality. How do you feel about that? Well so what is it that you say that caused us to be trapped? Like what so just
1: just um so so um so basically one thing I say a lot is uh this the spelling of this reality is the spell itself. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we talk about how everything is frequency and vibration in the sense your words and what you say and what you speak is a frequency and vibration. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we we um create. We create through that and that intent. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess what my question was is, is do you feel that this is possibly hidden from us in an attempt to keep us astray from this information because ultimately I feel like if this became common knowledge, it would kind of cause a huge paradigm shift. And, um, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah. Uh, they're, um, holding us back from all kinds of shit and training us from a very young age to see the world in a certain way. And so we won't even, even consider at a certain age, you know, unless we, Something profound happens, and that can happen in multiple different ways, right? So Learning the hard way is something that I'm not that interested in, especially for, you know, the collective, you know? I, I don't think it's necessary, right?
1: I don't think it's necessary either.
0: Um, so I think we can do it. Uh, but um, the as far as, like, the use of words, yeah, it's... Uh, and that the creation story, right, is has um truth to it, you know, in the beginning. Right.
1: <laughs> there was the word.
0: Yeah, there was the word. And it's like frequency. It's frequency. Everything is frequency. You know, light is just like, you know, a really high vibration noise. You know? Most <laughs> <Well>, certainly, <laughs> certainly.
1: And um there's a lot of people who uh, you know, feel the light is a consciousness and a source of information itself. You know, and um I think I think the the information Uh, for our remembrance and our rediscovery um, is just located within us. It exists within us. And I think really what we're looking for are people like you, Mr. Birch, who have a, have a different perspective, who can actually, um, you know, break things down in a way that people can understand. And Mm. that's one thing that I, that I've noticed about you. And and I respect that a lot, man. Like, you know, it takes a lot of um, know-how and it takes a lot of, uh, you know, trial and error to find a way yeah. <laughs> to find yeah. a way to, uh, to describe things in a way that a lot of people can understand, man. So you always have my props for that. That is awesome, Thanks. sir. Of course, of course. So real quick, before we head out, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and, um, you know, where they can listen to your show?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, the podcast is green night dot green and it's, you know, you can listen to it through Podbeam there, you know, or it's on Spotify or all you know, Apple or whatever. And it's Green Knight, uh, G-R-E-E-N-K-N-I-G-H-T. And if you search that on any of the platforms, you'll be able to find it. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And also, I have a YouTube channel, just Birch Driver, at Birch Driver. And so, I uh, teach people Qigong on that YouTube channel. And so, I have a free instructional video on how to do the standing. And it's at the bottom of my video list. And so I recommend everyone fucking go and try to do it. And then all of my lives on the channel are all there still. But I go live like every week or so, and I will stand first. Right. We'll stand together. Stand we'll stand, together. stand together, man. Stand together. <laughs> and, I, and I love that, man. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm going
1: to check out your Qigong videos because I'm always looking for, I'm looking for different perspectives and different, different practices or even different cues that, you know, that, um, kind of lend to my practice as well. And I think that's cool. We share that, man, because not a lot of people are privy to it, but I think it, um, I think it's, it really makes a difference and it's really beneficial.
0: So, yeah. And I appreciate that compliment and about you know like making sense because what we're discussing here is really the undiscussable, you oh, know, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. right? Because it, you end up uh, with a contradiction, right? Um, and so you have to accept that you have to accept it, right? And that's kind of how you operate in a non-dual way. Uh, but you know, I have some other points. Maybe we could talk again sometime. And yeah, uh,
1: yeah, no, I'm always up you for know. I'm always up for round <laughs> too, man. And um, you. We're definitely on, on a similar wavelength. You you and, you and I think very similarly, and, and it's really nice to meet another person who's uh positively optimistic, who does not think that the world's gonna end tomorrow. Um, you know, but other than that, Birch, thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. Um yeah, man. Def- let's let's talk after the show. Um, after I get done, I'll swing you a message and let's talk about a round two. I'd actually like to maybe do like a good, like long conversation with us and see what we're yeah. into.
0: We could choose a, a subject, you know. I, I told you I began with like, okay, there's a solution, right?
1: Yeah.
0: But there's a there's there's only one problem. There's only
1: exactly there's only one. There's pro- only,
0: all of the problems are a symptom of that one root issue. we address that, and we're good. I would
1: agree, man. I agree. Well, you have yourself you have yourself a good night, man. Thank you again for joining us, and um, I'll get up with you on Messenger as soon as I'm done here. Okay, man.